Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. and gentlemen, and welcome to the H2O Podcast. We're actually talking about podcasts. You're probably watching this. If you're watching this, obviously it's a video, but this show, of course, got its start as a podcast, listening to it as a pure audio format, and tonight's topic is podcasts. Podcasts. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to... I listen to a lot of podcasts, Jason. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, now you have uh, you've had opportunity yeah. that I have not had in terms of. Oh yeah, I mean, I used to drive for a living. Yeah. And because I was in a car for a minimum of eight hours a day, and I was a medical courier, a pathology courier, and so between leaving, driving to work working and then driving home, I was in the car for eight plus hours every single day, Monday through Friday. Consequently, I had a lot of time where listening to, I could listen to the radio, I could listen, you know, and because, quite frankly, I like storytelling and it was an explosion of podcasts really over the last decade. Right. Um, there's just a lot of great stuff out there for the science fiction fan, for the horror fan, both in narrative storytelling and also for commentary and analysis and things like that. I don't listen to the analysis a lot. I'm more interested in the stories and, and people trying to tell an interesting tale, whether whatever the subject matter is. And, uh, and some of them are successful, some of them are not. Right. Um, there have been some that I've started listening to and went, okay, I'll give you a little bit of time to play with this, and then eventually you go, okay, um, this, had enough. This is it, and yeah. that's okay, and, and that's fine. It's it's like so many other things. It comes down to your taste. It comes on what you enjoy, and especially with something like a horror podcast, are you engaged? Is it you know? Does it trigger that part? <clears throat> of your brain that, that as a horror fan you enjoy and if you're a science fiction fan is it a challenging story does it give you something interesting are there interesting characters is the you know there's a certain amount of we we accept a certain amount of hand wavium with our storytelling no matter what it is right we do believe a man can fly you know I mean there's <laughs> you know but uh, yeah there's, just, there, there's a huge range of stuff out there uh, and it's, as we can speak from experience, um, you just never know which ones are going to catch on. You never know right. which ones are going to be. I'm I'm still waiting for ours to catch on. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind a of little the, bit. Kind of the granddaddy. And interestingly enough, this is like the big, and not so much now, but certainly it's still a, still a force in the industry. Uh, you look at something like Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Which the creators have been saying for years, we don't know why it took off. We have no clue, because we just sat there and went, we got this weird idea, let's 
do this thing. Well, and a lot of shows that are uh, like that, uh, that that gain a popularity and gain a following and get an audience and everything like that, there are no formulas. There's right. there's nothing that sits there and says, if you take this plus this plus this plus Z and multiply it by green and here you go and there's the there's right. the show and it literally does it, not apply in podcasts it at doesn't all. and we've been you know we've researched our stuff since well since 2009 I've been looking into you know I, I download white papers and I, I listen to other podcasts and other shows and I'll, I'll go through workshops and webinars and all these different things and it never it all of the advice that you hear in the things what ought to try to make it work right. are stuff that we're already doing. And I'm like, well, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And, you know, maybe not consistent because there are only so many hours of the day and it's just one Sure, week. right, yeah. But everything is, you know, it, there's nothing new. And so I'm thinking, well, you know, if if we could figure out that that formula, if we could figure out that one if little thing that we one. lack. Well, because interestingly enough, I mean, because of the success of, of Welcome to Night Vale, and it's not the first genre podcast by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, a couple of the ones I'm going to talk about tonight are pre-Welcome to Night Vale, and consequently very influential mm -hmm. um, they just don't necessarily have the footprint right uh, but there's two really fantastic shows that actually started off imitating aspects of welcome to Night Vale and the creators are quite you know, we we did it on purpose we were like oh <laughs> if this is working our story is different but we can kind of do this yeah piggyback and, and then discovered time. that very very quickly to tell the story they wanted to tell they couldn't make their show like Welcome to Night Vale. Right. And they didn't want to. And the, these two particular shows got really passionate fan bases by finding their own voice very quickly from going, okay, it's Welcome to Night Vale in space. Yeah. It's Welcome to Night Vale in a somewhat realer world. Yeah. You know, well, and, and we, even had, um, we even had an idea... On, on ours, and I don't even remember what it was called. It was it had something to do with fish, but um, the story four is yours. Um, this it was Maya Aids and right, Kevin Settle yeah, yeah. Had, had decided to put this thing together. Uh, by the way, Robert, hello. I did, I I wasn't ignoring you. I just hadn't had a chance to to say hi. Um, for the for the life of me, I can't remember. I know what exactly we were what you're talking about. I can't remember what it was called. But either. it started out the same kind of thing, mm -hmm. where it was sort of an, uh, a welcome to Nightvale ish pastiche type of thing, in an, in a more academic setting. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those things where you sit there and you think, okay, what did they do? And then you think, we can't do the exact same thing because, you know, who, who wants to be a copycat? Because right. then you're going to, ah, you're just an also-ramp. Well, and you consider that a show like Welcome to Night Vale is just so odd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is It is so clearly, let's just be weird. Mm -hmm. And over time, it developed into an arcing, you know, arcing storylines and character development and all these things. But the early days of the show, when it really caught fire... 
it's a strange voice in a radio station giving you weird news and surreal, bizarre, (coughs) illogical news that makes, you know, clearly is not taking place in our world. Right. And yet... It just captivated people, and part of that is is Cecil. I, well, is I think there, some of the guy, it too the was guy, the novelty of it. Well, yeah, certainly the novelty. Plus Cecil, yes. But Cecil's voice has got there's something. I mean, he's he's a classically trained actor. He's you know a very very talented guy, but there's just something about that calm, soothing <laughs> voice telling you, "Do not go into the dog park. That's right. Stay out of." The city council met today, and announced. That beheadings will resume. I mean, <laughs> be careful. You're gonna get an envelope slid under your door by the secret police or the secret police that we don't know about. Or station management will come by and leave you a note on your desk, and you don't want that. No, no. <laughs> I've had station management leave you know, notes on my exactly. desk when I was back in my radio days, and that is not something you yeah, but look forward to. You may not think it makes any sense, but with me and my regular desk job with a certain big company that I work for, it actually makes complete sense, which is why so many of my coworkers are into it, because they're like, that is actually very logical, even though it's not logical in any way. I mean, really, a five-headed dragon, that's, you know, you're whatever. But anyway, which I have at my desk. To quote Dr. McCoy, the bureaucratic mentality is the only constant in the universe. And that is true whether you're working for a big corporation or a government agency or a non-profit. Demonic yeah, beings. Yeah, yeah. extra to, dimensional. That is a government agency. Yeah. <laughs> but I repeat myself. Yes. Um, well, and you talk about being able to, for them to, we don't know what made it catch on. And I remember after listening to Night Vale for so long, they had that other show that they did come out with same people whatever happened Alice isn't dead was it Alice Okay so they actually put up Didn't up, they do another they've one They've done multiple shows actually there's um, There was one that I tried following but they, just they've didn't had a, do it. they've had I think four or five and and to some degree because they have the freedom to play they've got a stable audience they got a stable financial base. I mean, this is a touring show. This thing can yeah. go. They, they've toured the show all over the world. I've seen them live. Which yeah. is fantastic. So, But they have the ability to do something a lot of podcasters don't necessarily have the time or the financial ability to do. So they've branched out. And I think they have four, four, maybe five shows, of which only Alice Isn't Dead did I personally listen to beyond an episode. And I think what they had the freedom to do was experiment to the point where they could sit there and go, yeah, we're just going to do this thing over here. And if they, if part of their audience came with them, considering the size of their audience, they had a decent built-in thing. Right. Now, Alice Isn't Dead was more of a narrative, coherent story, which is something that I enjoy. I like the absurdity. But Welcome to Night Vale is one of those shows where I will go away from it for a couple of years. And then I'll binge it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll go away from it for a couple of years. It's not one of those shows that, it, in the early days, it was, where I was looking forward to every episode. But I find that I personally like, you know, six episodes in a row, and I'm like, oh, Because cool. you get the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's something to that, whereas opposed to some of these other shows, it's like, no, no, 
it's coming out every two weeks. Okay, it's Thursday. It drops today. No. You, know? you should be uh, wearing your shirts, by the way. The, the other Robert says, Alice isn't dead within the wires. Thank you. Within the it's wires, yeah. Within the wires didn't 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 connect with me, but Alice isn't dead really did, and I think that's uh, um, because I think yeah, there's. Didn't they do one that was set in the other town? Mm. What was that one? No, they, they had a they, few episodes. They have episodes that will take place. Okay. Oh, and. In in no, uh, I can't in a nightmare the name in the nightmare version <laughs> of the Welcome to Night Vale. World, yeah, which is everyone's. Yeah, (laughs) beware the smiling people. The the smiling God loves you. (laughs) Robert says he's like that. You're talking about binging. Mm. Said he's like that with Acquisitions Incorporated. I've heard of that. I haven't listened to it. I haven't either. See, I don't have time to listen to podcasts because with everything that I'm doing here, with all of the different shows that I produce here. And then all of the other stuff that I'm paying attention to as far as other YouTube channels and different things that are going with news and and genre news and and all this other stuff, you know, keeping track of everything because, you know, you got to do prep for Saturday morning and all these things. So I really don't have time to listen to podcasts so much. So I'm actually uh, fairly deficient when it comes to this particular topic, because this is not, this is not my, my area. Um, the one, the one that I'm aware of besides Night Vale, uh, there was, there's one that, uh, Mitch Bryan and is it Jeff Engel, John Engel, Jeff Engel, uh, they started out doing, uh, the Alien Minute. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can still find it, Alien Minute, and it's on all the different podcasts. It's on on Apple and and Podbean and other places. But what they did, their very first show, they took Alien and did a breakdown analysis of the movie minute by minute for the original Alien film. And then they've moved on and they've done... The, they've done other the other Alien movies. I think they've done Alien, Aliens and Alien 3. Um, they've done some other films. They've branched out. So right. now it's Alien Minute Productions, and they've got all these different things. Well, now they're doing the James Bond 007 seven minutes at a time. So huh? they're doing okay, those. Sure. They're, 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 being, they're being clever. Mm. Um, but... Um, clever is good. Mitch... For those of you who don't know, you know, we we know him from our time with Independent Filmmakers Coalition. Mitch wrote an episode. It was actually the very first episode of Batman the Animated Series to air back in the day. And, and he also was, he teaches writing. Yes. And it was the it was the one with Man Bat. Right. He wrote that episode and that was the first animated Batman episode and it was his and he's um for the longest time, I don't know if he's still doing it or not. He was working on a, a Dracula script that sounded kind of cool. But I I so. They've been doing they well. He's been working on this thing probably Sometimes. fifteen years yeah. now. He's a but, fantastic writer, by the way. And if you ever get a chance to take one of his classes, he has. He came out and did a three-hour session hmm. one Saturday for a lot of independent filmmakers here in town, and. It's just, he's a really engaging speaker, but also he's got a lot of great industry stories to, 
let you know how things really work. Yeah. He's one of the, he's one of those teachers who's not inclined to look at you and go, "Here's all theory." He's like, "No, no, here's yeah. the practical." <laughs> it's a really fun fun experience. It's a great show. The radio DJ. Oh, Shadow Stevens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mental. What's it called? Um, you interviewed him about it. I did interview him about it on Good Morning Multiverse. Let me let me look it up because I can find it fairly quickly. Mental Radio, I think, is what it's called. Yes. Um, I want to say yes. He has this, and and it's a very unique. It's a very unique show. It's an audio scape, you know. Mm -hmm. we're, sure. we're walking through the building right. and you yeah. hear the echoes. Yeah. And, oh, yes, yes. So it's his... Welcome to Vitefell's steampunk cousin. I it's, think how you yeah, it. it's steampunk, but it's also thematic in that he's... He's espousing a philosophy as part of this show mm -hmm. that is optimism and you know especially in this day and age when you know things are not i mean 2020 being the way it is sure but the way the way this thing works and he, he we've got a i guess i should put a link to the interview that we did with him but it's it's a specific thing that he's trying to teach others, mm -hmm. but he's doing it by example through the show sure. to explore positive mental energy, mm -hmm. I guess, would be the, the layman's way of, of explaining it. But they're really good shows. I mean, they're fun. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, some tongue-in-cheek, and, you know, there's humor because it's Shadow Stevens, you know, it's Fred-rated. Right. <laughs> Those of us of an age will remember Fred rated. I had uh, <clears throat> I had somebody give me a puppy dog confused cocker spaniel look when I mentioned Fred rated. Like, huh? Were they a little bit younger? <laughs> a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, well, it it's funny because you know I sit there and I think about all of the different things that we can do hmm? here, and. Um, you know, stylistically, some of the different things I do with some of the show opens and, and whatnot. I, I like hearkening back to days gone by with some of the stuff. That's one of the reasons why our open kind of looks like, you know, the streets of San Francisco and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Can't wait to show you the one we got built for 2021. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Um, As but we crawl our way <laughs> into the present day. <laughs> well, and and Mindy mentioned one the other day that she listens to. How um, stuff you should know. Mm -hmm. It's not a genre podcast, but occasionally they will dip into genre topics, and it's their explainer mm -hmm. explainer shows. But it got me thinking because we had an idea once. Long while ago, and when we came back from our hiatus, it was on the 30-page right. idea document that we put together, and it was a show called The Essentials, and I got to thinking about it over the weekend, and 
that could very well be a sci-fi horror fantasy version mm. of stuff you should know. The essentials of sci-fi, the essentials of horror. And basically taking those basics, what what is science fiction, what is speculative fiction, what is horror, you know, all of these different things, what makes for a good story in that in that realm. That might be something worth exploring. Mm. But again, as a podcast, the challenge now is do you do it as video and export the audio for a podcast player or do you just do it as a podcast? Right. Because at some point there is a possibility, however remote it might be at this point, but there could be at some point we get labeled whatever transparency tube or whoever is the next one that comes out there and says you guys are you know check these boxes off and suddenly we get demonetized deplatformed and they want to come after us to cancel us or whatever because you know we've got the wrong color hair or you're not it's you not know, really something you tall see enough in, in, or whatever in the podcast world people either listen not in the or podcast they don't. world no but in in the youtube space yeah that I, that starts to become an issue. Yeah, and I think that I think that one of the nice things about the podcast space is that because right now it's so wide open. Now that's also the problem mm -hmm. in the podcast space is that if you are going to you hear this on every single podcast show. Hey folks, if you could like and comment because yeah, likes and comment too. likes and comments help you find the show. And to some degree, that's true. But honestly, the best thing you could do for a podcast show is just go hunting for the thing that you like. But, you know, start throwing out keywords. Well, the other thing, too, is when you do find a show you like. Find the things that they like. Th well, there's that. And then um, rating the show, mm -hmm. leaving a rating, not just, not just listening to it, right. but rating it and leaving a comment, mm -hmm. you know, doing some kind of interaction with the program. And that helps whether it's an audio format or if it's something like on YouTube or or BitChute or wherever. And when there's engagement of some sort, uh, with, you know, a thumbs up or a like or a share or whatever, those kind of things, those interactions, the, the machine learning, you know, the robot monkeys see that interaction and they go oh this one's getting some interaction mm -hmm. maybe somebody else will interact with it and and it helps with search results and we start showing up in recommendation lists and and that sort of thing one that's uh, there was one person i don't know if he still listens watches the show or not found us because we showed up on a recommendation list after he watched the joe rogan show mm. Of course, Joe Rogan's not on YouTube anymore, but is he? I, have no I don't idea. know. I don't know if he's on YouTube now or not. I, I think he got deplatformed. I don't. And what, Watch all going right. off of what you're saying, you know, interacting with the people running the show, and if there's anybody listening who does it, kind of like what we do, we interact with the people who do it. Because I know that with some of the podcasts that I've listened to, that I've sent emails to them, mm. you know, saying something, they've responded back. Okay. And it makes yeah. me like they have 
this, you know, they've got these large numbers, but they took the time to respond personally back. But I think that you end up with shows that build, because there are so many different platforms for podcasts, you don't just have Apple Podcasts or you have everything. I mean, there's so many different podcast platforms and you can be on all of them or you could be on one of them or things yeah. like that. And so having that engagement, and it also ends up building these little fan communities. One of the shows that I absolutely love, which is on hiatus right now because they don't feel that they can put everybody in the room together to record, and that's their model. They record together. They find that it actually helps the show. Sure. It helps the interaction with the characters and they are not willing to put out versions of the show that they are not happy with. And for now, that means the show's on hiatus until... And it's been on hiatus for most of the year. They just need to get giant sheets of plexiglass if they, and make this little octagon in the middle and they all stand around well, on the outside Well, but see, unfortunately, for as, as successful as the show has been, they still all have other jobs. Ah. And they're working actors and they're working writers. Sure. And some of them have regular day gigs. Um, but... It is one of those things where they've got such a vibrant community that when they basically go out and say, hey guys, we're sorry, we're going to shut down the show until it's safe. Mm -hmm. And you get the response and you can see it on their Twitter account. People are like, completely understand, you guys yeah. be safe. You know, And that was the overwhelming thing is we want you guys to be healthy and make the cool show, so take the time you need. Sure. And, and they were actually on, I think, like a three-year, every-week release schedule, which is insane. Because mm. it's a produced show. It's a produced... It's not... You know, it's got effects. It's got music. It's got all this stuff. It's And they were writing. They had a bank of scripts when they started the show. But if you've ever produced anything that has scripts, <laughs> you oh, know yeah. very, very quickly that you start running out of time yeah. and scripts very fast. And they kept that pace for a long time, and they took their first break. It's like, guys, we're taking a break. We'll come back in six <laughs> months. We got a rest. I recall my wife. You know, I recall my boyfriend. I, I'd like to... They have, we have memories of seeing each other. I'm pretty sure I'm still married. Mm. You know, <clears throat> and, and so it was that kind of thing. And, and that actually, the show is uh, um, uh, King Falls A.M., which is one of those shows that actually started off as kind of like Night Vale. Mm. It was also set at a radio station. And it also involved a town with weird things. But it was an outsider coming into that situation where the the L.A. DJ comes to the small town radio because something happened. And so like WKRP and the Twilight Zone. Kind of, kind mm. of. And yet it very, very quickly developed its own voice and the characters went their own direction and while you could sit there and see the genesis mm. of welcome to night Vale's influence it fast became a different show and one of the things that they did is they did a really really good job and i think this helps for a lot of podcasts and it's like a lot of entertainment and the kind of things that you and i enjoy for storytelling is they spent so much time letting you know the characters amidst <clears throat> the weirdness mm -hmm. and building up who they were that by the time they started doing really, either really terrible things to the characters, <laughs> or, as he laughs, um, or revealed things about the characters that changed how you knew them, how you saw them, and maybe how you felt about them. 
um, the audience was invested yeah. in a way that you really want as a storyteller is they really cared about them. So, And just in fair warning, I love this show, but it has a very distinct liberal bent, be aware. It infuses the storytelling at times. Not all the time, but sometimes it comes through. If that's not something you're going to enjoy, be aware. But um, it's got aliens and dimensional portals and grumpy old men and and bizarre twisted commercials and it's See, really that's funny. what we need <laughs> i and and i've asked and i've asked about this before and i i put this idea out there because we don't have advertisers mm-hmm. yet i would like to be able cuz since we're monetized on youtube they run ads mm-hmm. on our stuff and right. We have the option, and I don't exercise this because we don't have we don't have ad breaks built into our shows. Right. We just do the show, and there are ads that run prior, and there's ads that run afterwards. But YouTube gives you the option of having what they call mid-roll, and you can say, okay, I want an ad here, and I want an ad here. You can actually specify, this is the best place to put an ad. And we haven't done that. We we tested it a couple of times with this show. But if we were to have those kinds of commercials that you would think like Spatula City type of things, right? I, I literally have one of the ads that they do in King Falls AM running through my head because I know... All the lyrics yeah. to the song. You can do, you for can the do ad. those things, and and you know, then as we get advertisers, then we can start rotating, and you know, you get a real ad mixed with, you know, some fussy foo spot for you know alien carburetors or something. I don't know, but but having those commercials, and of course, since we're video. It would be good to have TV commercials. Sure, you sure. know, fifteen-second commercial, thirty-second commercial. You know, I've even thought very, very, very briefly, very briefly, very. Briefly, was it brief? It was very brief. Was it a about, long time or a short time? <laughs> about reviving a character that I created for a couple of TV spots I did up north. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> his, yeah, um, his name is Mason Fricker, mm. and of the Missouri Frickers. Sure, sure. And he was he it was it was um, it was a character that I did. There was a an orchard up north uh, up in northern northern Missouri, and I did this spot for them as Mason Fricker. He was where's overalls? He's an old man, right? He's old. He's the original character, as he was conceived, he was going to be the weatherman's weatherman. He he was the guy what made the weather forecast that all of the other meteorologists listened to, right? Uh, sure, right. Yeah. So he's kind of a country, a country farmer version of Roosevelt Roosevelt from Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, sure, that's kind of right, that's yeah. kind of where mm-hmm. the train of thought went. And of course, he makes him a little Jonathan Frick, uh, Jonathan Winters and Ma Freckert, and that you know. And sure. suddenly, I've got a character. It's like, right, hey, yeah. you know, you know, presto. Um, Don't you sell the overalls? 
it I do still have the overalls. Um, <laughs> it is fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, it's rather easy for me to slip into that character. But I I don't. Shocked. Shocked I am. Well, I've got a I've got an album. Uh, the Wonderful World of Jonathan Winters. Mm-hmm. And he does he does a Ma Frickert bit on that. And of course, you've got Ma Frickert shows up in Scooby-Doo right, yeah. when Jonathan Winters was a guest. So there's plenty of reference material out there for that yeah. type of character. Oh, and sure. you just do a similar similar affectation there's for a, the accent and the voice. There's a character on King Paul's AM, uh, Cecil Herschel, uh, F. Herschel F. Baumgartner. He's a World War II vet. He's got opinions. <laughs> and uh, he's actually a really, really fascinating and engaging character. One of the things the show does really, really well is that it will, with the exception of a handful of characters, even the most irritating, obnoxious characters has development. Mm-hmm. There's a few characters who exist purely to be punching bags. Sure. Uh, and um, there are some characters who are just straight up evil. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Ah, so yes, you're evil. Okay, fine. But yeah. everybody else, even the characters who immediately initially think of, and like I said, that jingle that was in my head, Archie's Pomchi Palace. It's one of the ads. It's a local business where he's this guy named Archie, and he sells Pomchis. <laughs> and if you're in the mood, if you need a Pomchi in this little tiny Colorado town, um, Archie's got you taken care of. But the song. Is is an insidious earworm. You know, it's Archie's Pomchi Palace. Archie's Pomchi Palace. Archie, you get a copyright strike there. (laughs) And it's just so silly. But you end up with these again. They develop the characters very, very well. And so you have that kind of character. The the old man get off my porch. You know, kids these days. Mm -hmm. And yet, throughout the course of the show, they develop him into a character who will have a moment where he's like berating these two DJs. Right. And then sit there and say something really profound and actually super kind. And then turn around and call them blithering idiots and you know <laughs> or he'll talk about his, his dead wife. Yeah. And you'll have these moments where you just start going, Oh, wait. Whiplash. Herschel. Yeah. And then he'll just like Shut up, you idiots! And they'll hang up the phone, you know. <laughs> and that was almost a decent impersonation of him. It's that kind of well. It's kind of like um, <clears throat> oh, Jeff Dunham has an old man character as part of his repertoire, the ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. What is his name? Um, you've oh got, yeah, I know. It's, you've it's, got well, it's uh, pro- his primary character, really. Isn't uh, it? Well, you've got um, uh, Ahmed, right, the dead but, terrorist. Yeah, but Ahmed you, was a. No, the 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 main it's the main old man character that, was, that does yeah. most of his stuff. <clears throat> yeah, but I can't remember his name. It's, no. it's not Ed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. And then you you've can, got Jalapeno on a stick. Of course. <laughs> but you see, and that's the other thing too is I thought I had I had an idea. You know, we had we had ideas for different shows, and one of them involved puppets. Mm-hmm. And I actually found some puppets that could work. But now I'm just like, okay, well, the logistics of such a thing, because you'd have to build a set that would be to scale for the puppets, right? Uh-huh, yeah. 
because you know we did, we weren't in this studio yet. You could possibly maybe do it over here on this one space, <laughs> but you know, because I, I, I kept I kept going through my head Gary Gnu, you know from from the Great Space Coaster. Oh, you know, no Gnu's is good Gnu's with Gary Gnu. You remember him? You remember? Yeah. Do you? I think I do. Okay. He was a news anchor, and he right. was a he was a Gnu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> like like it does. Like you do. And so I had I had thought about this, you know, various different types of shows mm -hmm. that we could do something with, but I, you know. Again, it comes down to logistics and manpower and resources and who's going to do it and when are you going to do it and what kind of show are you going to do. So it's kind of still sitting in the back. Right. That's how it's off there. So. Um, the, the other real show that really kind of was inspired by Welcome to Night Vale is Wolf 359. Mm -hmm. You've talked about that one. Now, if Wolf 359 sounds familiar, it is a Star Trek reference. It's also a real star. It's, yes, it's a real star. That's that's why it's a Star Trek reference is because it's a real star. It's, but that's what a lot of people think of as I mean, that's the cultural thing is that if you're if you're a science fiction fan, Wolf Three Five Nine, we are going to engage the Borg. Well, in in it started off the very first episode, and you can hear it in the very first episode, which is not great. Mm. But you can hear Welcome to Night Vale staring over their shoulder and going. Okay, you're trying, <laughs> yeah. but, and it's a science fiction podcast. It's set, it's a full, you know, there's, it's full score, full effects, uh, limited number of characters. It's a bunch of misfits on a space station that isn't really important. And, right. and it starts off kind of like losers in space. And very, very quickly, they find their voice and they find their rhythm. And it ends up being a space opera. It ends up being a tragedy. It ends up being a horror show. It ends up being hard science fiction, soft science fiction, character. I mean, it's a drama. It's some of the wrong, of all the podcasts that I have listened to, mm. it is always going to sit in my top five because it is one of the best written, best performed uh, shows that I think I've ever heard. And it, you get to the end of its run. It's a complete show. The, the show is done. You get to the final episode. And they're like, okay, we've spent the last season gut-punching you every episode. How about the serious blow to the head? Are you ready for the serious <laughs> blow to the head? And they just and and then that entire last episode and it's it's literally it's almost cruel just how much they put you through the ringer, yeah. but it's so rewarding. And it's a I mean just it's if if you have, if you have not heard this show, um, this is this is one I'm going to say go go find it, listen to it. You can find their website <clears throat> wolf359.com. And they and and listen to the sideshows because it all tells one big story, and they. A lot of the actors, not a lot, but some of the actors are showing up in the podcast I just started listening to that only has two episodes out. I'm like, oh, there's that voice again. It's like, yes, I gotta hear these people again. There is uh, a conversation that we had with Kendall Sin, mm -hmm. who was really hot to trot to do. Uh, audio productions mm -hmm. to do radio theater. Well, we've talked about doing this for, for uh, years now. Mm -hmm. 
And when I was up in St. Joseph, Missouri, early, early, early days of my marriage, before my kids were born or any of that, um, I was working for the ABC affiliate up there. And we had a community theater company. And we would do live readings of radio plays. Mm -hmm. Primarily, we got permission, we got the rights for The Lone Ranger. And we did a number of episodes of The Lone Ranger. Uh, but we also did The Wizard of Oz. We did uh, um, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I wrote a couple of originals involving Jesse James, and is because he was, you know, that's where he died up there. And you've got the Pony Express up there, all these sure, different right. things. So we've been talking. I still have the scripts. <clears throat> And Kendall was really interested. I would love to do this. We full full cast, full things like Alien Voices, like right, Leonard yeah. Nimoy and John Delancey. And Kansas City's got an incredibly rich theater community. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's lots well, of great talent. And I got to thinking about this because when I interviewed John Delancey down in Dallas, I had asked him about Alien Voices. What is it? Is it ever coming back? Is it you know? And and Nimoy was still alive at the time, and they hadn't produced anything for a, for a, a long while. And what Delancey told me was that basically it ended up <clears throat> to where he was doing more sales mm-hmm. than performing. Right. And he didn't really want to do that. He just wanted to perform. And I was like, well, what if somebody else? took over the business production side of things would you would you be would you be open to i don't know selling the rights to the name and the whatever and somebody else and then you should you say i'd love to do that if somebody comes in let's do it they're thinking sold let's do it (laughs) of course we don't have any money but you know but the idea is there. and doing these fully produced audio productions again Time, logistics, resources, manpower, especially yeah. manpower. But I just now had a thought. Because when <clears throat> when my son James was five years old, this is how long this idea is, Vera. When, um, when my son James was five, he said, this one. He said, let's make a new Star Trek. And this is this is before J.J. Abrams made his first one. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is this is a while back. And I said, well, they're already made. Because we had been watching some of the fan films. Mm-hmm. And he got to think, I, I like these fan films. Let's make it. Let's make a Star Trek fan film. Was, well, why don't we make our own? Why don't we make one that's ours and we can, right. and if it ever makes any money, we can make money and there's just a thing, you know, and I'm thinking expand it and do something new. And uh, so we brainstormed and he's like, well, okay, we can do, we can do our own Star Trek. And I was like, well, what's it about? And we're sitting in the dining room and he looks up at the ceiling and he goes, it's about a light that turns people into jello. And just went from there. And and we came up with this whole thing. We have ideas. And the first story, it's a serialized thing. Because, you know, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon type sure, of thing. Right, yeah. It's called John Murphy and the Orb of Doom. 
And basically, the way we flesh this out is the this scientist is working on a new power source. Mm-hmm. Is this new device that's going to generate power? It's going to generate awesome power. Like you do. The only problem is because he's a little jealous. It doesn't work. <laughs> and when you turn it on, and when it malfunctions, it causes molecular breakdown of any organic tissue within a certain... Ma- this could be a problem. Hard, goo, hard right? to market this yeah. in, uh, in the sales room. And he's just like, oh no, what have I done? What have I done? You know, it's that, it's that Doc Brown type of thing. And, of course, John Murphy is the is the Malcolm Reynolds Han Solo type who gets caught up in sure, the middle right. of this, right? And I've got a Sydney Greenstreet type of character. If you had Sydney Greenstreet playing Lando Calrissian... <laughs> you know that kind of uh, you know very smooth, oh, very cultured, you know, general, and and we did all of this stuff and built the ships out of you know built the ship out of Lego, built the space right, station yeah. out of Lego, and we have an animatic because we recorded the script mm-hmm. as a radio show, and I got to thinking, I was like, you know what, we could probably do something with that. But we'd have to re-record it because my ex-wife is on that that recording, and I don't want to use that. We'd have to do something because it's 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 just a reference right, track, right. Sure. right? And you know, I've got it's really elaborate stuff. I've got Star Wars action figures, mm. and I've got them on pegs and in front of green you know green screen and <laughs> da, 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 and you know, built the you know, one of these days, maybe. I mean, we, here we are 15 years out, but, right, yeah. you know, one of these days, maybe we'll do it. Because we have ideas for four serials and I think half a dozen short films and, and all these different things. So it was like, because the second one is a time travel story. John Murphy and the Vagabond Princess. I mean, we got, we, these, these would make kind of fun audio podcasts. You know, fully produced music mm-hmm. and sound effects and all that. But again, time, manpower, and money. Really, you know, I think one of the th- neat things about some of these shows, um, you actually can get a behind-the-scenes explanation of what actually goes into producing the shows. They'll have a lot of these shows will have end of the season episodes. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about production, what was going on in the season, what the plans were, what changed, things like that. Yeah, and um, the, the the Magnus archives um are is one of my favorite shows that i listen to it's also coming to an end it's in its final season uh and they have like an hour or two hour q a they'll do at the end of each season where they will sit there and go right so this is how we do audio on this show this is how i broke my computer the day we were releasing the episode and I crashed the timeline, and I broke everything. So the, the sh- and <laughs> and you hear him talking about because you know some of these things just aren't willing to do more than two hundred lines of audio, and that's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as someone who is, and you know, is, yeah, you work with a lot of audio. He was exaggerating. But sometimes not by much. It feels like you've you know, got the different tracks. You've got so many different lines of audio, and and then of course uh, shows like that, and a lot of these shows, um, Archive eighty one, which is being a, yeah. a TV version. See, that's when you nest them. 
Well, but there's so many different things that they try and do because when when you when your medium is audio, when you pull out the visual component mm -hmm. and you don't want to have someone going and they walked down the road turning left. They crossed to the room and opened the door. When you want to just be able to have that communicated to the audience purely with sound, yeah. then you build these really rich sound landscapes. And that's not easy. No, and, it's uh, not. Robert, the BBC uh, Whisper in Darkness series that that uh, is love, like I said, you said Lovecraft is a mystery series. It's a mystery horror series. is really good. Um, the, it has one problem in that they don't have enough episodes out. <laughs> there's, with, there's, it's, it's so good you want more. With yeah. the good ones, that seems to be the general problem. Well, and I think that you, not enough. you end up with, of course, the shows that have specific stories they're setting out to tell. Whether it's a single series or a couple of seasons, a five-year plan or whatever, mm. and some that are just ongoing. And the ones that it hurts when they go away because they're so good. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason some of them are so good is because... They have an ending. They have an ending. Yeah. And they had that ending in mind. Um, you know, Magnus Archives is a five-year plan. Um, uh, I think Wolf 359 was, was five years. <coughs> some of them are, it, it, you know, going on for a while. The, the story lends itself. Well, Welcome to Night Vale can go on as long as Cecil is willing to be behind the microphone. Right. If Cecil ever leaves the show... I don't know how Welcome to Night Vale works. I don't know that it would because, because he's, he's that core. he's integral to that show. And I think that honestly, no matter how good the writing would be, and no matter how you cast it, it wouldn't be Cecil, and therefore no. it just wouldn't have it. But some shows you can do that with, and you can have the main character shift. Archive eighty one, brilliant soundscape, but the story lends itself well and already has having different main characters each season mm -hmm. and other characters come back um, I'm a little concerned the TV show isn't going to lead into the body horror aspects because some of the audio stuff it's like oh that sounds terrible <laughs> that sounds like it hurts a lot that sounds like what's left is going to be pretty messy no. and so I'm like okay what are you guys going to do it's inspired by I'm concerned about words by inspired oh, sure. by. But, I mean, it, it could be quite good. So I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. But it's one of several shows that have been uh, begun life as a podcast. And um, the and this, uh, unfortunately, Limetown is one of the... Limetown was not the first podcast. Uh, certainly, I mean, all, face it, all podcasts are old-time radio for the digital age, right? right? But Limetown was one of the ones that was had, had the kind of reach initially that made an impact. The Message is another podcast, which is out there, and it's easy to find, was prior to that. And it's a science fiction podcast. It's a science fiction mystery. Scientists receive a message. They decode it. It's instructions. Decisions are made. <laughs> Some of them are bad. Things like happen, do, yeah. right? Um, and so, but it didn't have the reach. For whatever reason, Limetown cut a nerve. And it, part of that was, is that it's designed to, it's a lot like Serial, which was out mm. at the same time. Yeah. And it leaned into that. It's like, we're going to make a show that makes you actually think it's a real show. 
this. And there were people who were legitimately confused and who legitimately thought that Limetown was a... Kind of like uh, War of the Worlds from Orson Welles. Yeah, yeah. And I think that one of the, the cool parts is, is that it worked. And then, um, unfortunately for the folks with Limetown, that success set them up. Because immediately after that, they were in discussions to make a TV series after the first season of the show. So the second season of the show didn't happen for years. Mm. And they wrote a book. So the second season didn't happen for years. Second season comes out. Expectations, A, were very, very high. Sure. And B, the fans had to wait for years and years and years. Second season is very, very interesting. But uh, it doesn't... It continues the story, but not what fa the way fans were expecting it to. And as a creator, you perfectly you know tell the story you want to tell, right? But recognize, I think the mistake they made was that they made the fans wait so long, and they didn't give them what the fans were excited about for the first series. Then there was the TV series with uh, Facebook. Did the TV mm. version, mm -hmm. which was perfectly fine. I mean, it was a perfectly fine adaptation, except that the f people who really needed to watch that were the folks who were upset about season two, <laughs> which had taken years and years to make. And, and so, I mean, a lot of things didn't happen. The first season of, of Limetown, however, um, it can be considered a standalone thing, and I highly recommend it. Right. Because it is a genuinely, uh, if you're if you're a fan of true crime podcasts or you know a podcast that that deals with a historical one single historical event and looks at it from different angles, um, it's really well done. But be warned about season two. I found it interesting, mm -hmm. not necessarily satisfying. See, your your and, mileage may vary with season two. And that's that's one thing that I have wondered about because you have shows like Serial and Lore you know all of the true crime stuff and I quite and, enjoy Lore and I've yeah you know, I've worked on reality shows mm -hmm. and the the last the last reality show that I worked on was a crime sort of show they were basically looking into people who had been wrongly convicted and they were going right. back through all of the casework and all of the interviews and all of the evidence and all these things. And actually I think managed to get one or two of those convictions overturned as part of this whole process. Right, sure. And the host, <clears throat> I can't remember his name, he's a young, young kid. He had been wrongly convicted of murder. Mm. And when his case got overturned, now he's got a story to tell of his own. And that, puts him right there in the middle of all of this. But it's it's one of those things where I sit there and I think, okay, well, with true crime, a reality show or a television program, you can do more with that because you can actually show things. You, you know, you've got the interviews, but you can also reenact scenes or you can mm -hmm. show images or video, you know, the, the evidentiary stuff, you know, the discovery part sure. of it. And I've always wondered how that can translate to just an audio program. Okay, so I think that for something like Lore, as an example, 
because in many ways, lore started off as here's a supernatural show. We're going to talk about the origins of vampire myth, or we're going to talk mm. about the origins, and it has evolved into basically being. Um, this is an interesting historical moment in in the history of Boston or the history of Edinburgh and Scotland, or and and usually wrote revolving in a moment of violence or a, or. Something that might, you know, has lingered down through history, whether it's a myth or it's just a historical event. And one of the things that works well is that it becomes storytelling. It's mm. literally, yeah, and, and I think the ones where... It's a once upon a time type of thing. To some degree, and yet it's it's history. <clears throat> yeah. And you end up, it, if you got the right person telling the story, they're like, it's kind of like, you know, Come in, let me tell you the story of my hometown, you know? And yet it's not their hometown. It's this it's this little town in Nebraska where three people died one night and no one knows why and this is the thing. And and you know, and, but it's all if you're a fan of history and you're a fan of of the supernatural, if you're the fan of grisly things, uh, it works well. And I think unfortunately it's one of the reasons it didn't translate that well as a TV show. Did they actually produce there it? There were two, se- I know two seasons were... of Amazon. Uh, I think it was Amazon where that lore was on. Yeah. And quite frankly, while they did some really well-crafted reenactments of some of these stories, um, it simply lacked the fact that it was this voice telling you a story. Yeah. Which I think is what made it work on an audio. No, I mean, there's no, there's no reason it wouldn't necessarily work in video, but that core component of hi narration welcome to this thing that i'm going to talk about and it's one voice yeah. and sometimes that works really really well sometimes uh mr creepy pasta which is you he's got a pot in podcast form he's also got a youtube channel um and he does well shockingly he reads creepy pastas <laughs> and He's been, he works with some other people, and, and I guess at one point it was several of them, and now he's got his own thing on his own. Uh, I don't know the too much of the history. I actually started listening to his stuff because he's the narrator for the audiobook versions of a blog called Tales from the Gas Station. Oh, okay. Okay, I've and, heard that one. And uh, I quite enjoy the audiobooks. And then I started listening to the podcast version, and the audiobooks are the rewrite of so he writes the stories on his <coughs> on his website right and then mr creepypasta records the stories and then the guy who created the whole thing listens to the audio version and rewrites it so by the time you, you there's like three different versions of the same story which is kind of cool mm-hmm. you can read it once and listen to it and then listen to a whole new version over here um which is great, you know. As a writer, you, how many times do you rewrite something before you feel you got it right? <laughs> you get to I, do it in real time. <laughs> I never rewrite myself. Well, see, I <laughs> got to write stuff all the time. But it's no, I do. Um, so that's one person telling the story, right? Yeah. And he's doing all the voices and things like that. But a lot of these full cast ones, uh, and thank you, Robert. By the way, I did not was not aware the Innsmouth stuff had come out, and that's great because I need to listen to that. But uh, the full cast ones are really, really impressive, and a lot of times because they've, they basically give you, the full, range of of, uh, that old, 
that old time radio feel, of course, but yeah. in the modern setting, and of course, without some of the limitations. Um, well, and and that's something when um, when we first started talking about doing podcasts, or I started I started thinking about podcasts. I had old man's hang up because I could not wrap my head around. <laughs> How 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 do you do this, and why would anybody sit and listen to it? You're you're wait you're downloading this this thing, and I don't know why I had a creative block on it for so long, and then suddenly it was just like one day the light popped on. Is like oh, it's a radio that you download, and I was like. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that I had been that obtuse about this whole thing for from from for so long, but once that was oh okay I get it now I I, I see what I'm, what I'm doing and so it was easier for us to do those things and I still would like to do uh, a show with a call in element mm -hmm. you know and it wouldn't be a podcast it'd be a talk show um, and we had tried that at one point live from the bunker started out that way right. Um, but nobody caught I, I, I had in the, in the, I, I think we did it six months. I had one phone call, but that was fine. It evolved into the interview program that it, right, that it right. became, and then it went away and now it's back and it's, it's interview program more, more often than not. I'm trying to keep guests on there, but I still would like to do a call-in type of affair where you have people that would call in with their opinions or their questions or their whatnot, and you'd have that interaction. I mean, the live chat in YouTube and, and comments that are going on in real time on, on Facebook, that's one thing, but you you miss something in that interaction because you're, you're not... Well, it's a trade-off because yeah. you, can, you can have more people then you know it's the party line doesn't necessarily work as well um, in the phone world that's true all right we are running out of time if we continue to um, on, on I, i'm getting i'm getting restless dog syndrome over but here She's i have just... i have i have here a list of shows that you should what check out and i'm okay. going to go through these very quickly all right since there's 30 on these alone we will post this list. Hey, I will not do all just, 30. What, why don't we take that list? You go yeah, through, you hit the highlights. Hit we'll the highlights. add that to the show notes. Uh, so in the description of the show, after we get done here, I'll add that to the Yeah, because the there's quite a few. And and these are, the ones I'm going to recommend um, are ones that I th are, are personal favorites of mine. And I'll tell you why very quickly. But the again, your mileage is going to vary, right? Mm -hmm. Find the ones that you enjoy. If you don't, if you don't, if you listen to some of these and you're like, I don't know why he likes this, I can't stand it. That's fine. It's your own taste. <laughs> um, and some of them are ones that, quite frankly, I may not be listening to a year from now because you all go through that. I mean, there's one Tannis, which is a fairly big one in the podcasting world, but it has a tendency to go on. Yeah, and you wonder if it's ever going to be resolved. <laughs> and after a while, you want a resolution of some kind. It's well done, but sure, right? So, okay, so the ones that I am listening to right now, these are the ones that sit on my phone. And for the folks at home on video, there's um, 
the the one that I just started listening to, and, and some of the folks from Wolf Three Five Nine are on this. It's called Margaret's Garden, which is a science fiction horror, a little bit of horror, mostly science fiction. FBI agents get called to a small town, or a small town, what used to be a small town. It's been abandoned for years. They discover why. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, and it's two, it's two episodes in. It's a brand new show. Um, Crypto Z, which is also only a few episodes in, it's basically a... The great environmental collapse has happened. Humanity is on... Uh, it's in the past. And... Uh, most of life except for humanity has become extinct. We're trying to figure out how to do something about that. Uh, and it turns out the the abominable snowman, the Bigfoot, what inspired that is still out there. Okay. And we encounter them. It's it's an interesting show. And, and <clears throat> I, I, I'm intrigued. It's, I think, six episodes in, maybe. Um, but I've quite enjoyed it so far. Magnus Archives, again, I've mentioned that one a lot. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, every season is very interesting. It's a show that definitely starts off as one thing and becomes something very different by the end. And uh, it's it's worth your time. It's a fantastic cast. And again, they're one of those shows that give you a post-season Q&A session, which is just f so much fun and educational, if you're interested in doing a podcast, mm. to listen to. Uh, Lore, again, we talked about that one. EOS 10, imagine, if you will, Tales of Starfleet Medical. Okay, it's the, it's, oh, okay. you know, it's Tales from Sickbay, <clears throat> except if Dr. McCoy was an alcoholic, uh, Nurse Chapel um, was a, couldn't decide whether it was easier to shoot the patient or save the patient. <laughs> And Dr. Mabenga, there's a deep cut for your... Sure, yeah. um, It's his first day, and he's been sent because Dr. McCoy is an alcoholic and Nurse <laughs> Chapel's, uh, you know, wants to shoot the patients. It's very, very funny. And it's designed to be... A, it's a medical comedy. But it's also another one where the characters are developed over time. Mm -hmm. um, it's a... Wacky medical hijinks in space, and and then some more. Um, and uh, the White Vault. This is one that they're on. I think their third season now. First six episodes are very slow. They're designed to be. It's mm -hmm. designed to make you go, okay. Here are the characters. This is what it's like to go on an expedition to the frozen north and all these things. And then they, about six episodes in, they go, okay, now. Are you settled? Are you comfortable? Do you think what this show is? Okay, yeah. No. All right. Monster! <laughs> ah! You know. So a spoiler right there. Very well-crafted show. International cast. They literally record. They, they go and get actors from around the world to record in their native language as oh, okay. well as in English. It's really well done. Uh, I highly recommend it. But again, first episode, slow burn. Be aware. Uh, Tannis... In large part, I can recommend the show. It's interesting. I'm still engaged. It's one of those, though, they're in season five. Mm. Um, whether or not it's season... Starting to get long in the tooth, are it they? It might be long in the tooth. Um, and some here's, some here's some minor ones you may not come across. Ars Paradoxica, 
This has actually been around for a while. It's really, really well done. It's a time travel story. But imagine what happens if you invent a time machine, go back to 19, the 1940s during World War II. Okay, you've got a time machine. It's World War II. What do you think is going to happen? Not what you expect. Yeah. And it is a disturbingly realistic, within parameters, look at what would happen if, oh, the government has a time machine? There's a war on? Mm. And it doesn't yeah. go the way you expect it to. It's, the, it's a challenging show. Not all the characters are likable. But they're interesting. And it, again, well, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think, I think there is some value to characters that are not likable. Oh, yeah. Because you either have your you know, friction and conflict dynamic, which is what makes good drama. So you mm -hmm. have to have characters that you, that you love to hate, as, as it were. Um, you have the, the uh, stereotypical redemption arc for some of them that mm -hmm. they're seeing. And some of them... They're just curmudgeons, and you just don't like them. Just however long you you have anything to do with them, but that is an integral. That that's what makes that character work as part of that particular story. There there are there are the curmudgeons out there that have to be curmudgeons. Right, and I think that some one of the things like the show like uh, ours Paradoxica is that the characters, some of the characters you absolutely hate are not necessarily wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, there's a few really, really funny science fiction podcasts out there. That, that if you, Mars Corp, Mars Corp is a laugh out loud podcast. Imagine, if you will, you're, you're, on the, you're getting ready to go to the mission to Mars. You're gonna go to suspend animation for the trip. All right. Okay? You're, you're, you're going to actually be running the colony on Mars. And one day, and then and you go in, you go into hypersleep, and they wake you up, and they and they say, "Welcome to Mars." You're like, "Great! How long have I been how long have I been asleep?" Um, three three hundred years. <laughs> and um, we we haven't heard from Earth in in about a hundred of those, and um, nothing works, and we're all insane. Welcome to Mars, <laughs> and it's really funny, and it's a it's a fish out of water, serious person de dealing with a, a ridiculous situation. Kind of like Buck Rogers meets Red Dwarf. A lot like that, yeah. and it's very funny. The first season is the primary story. There's some spinoff stuff. They're trying, they and they've been trying to get funding for a second season. It's not a cheap show to do, um, and it's a British produced show, uh, and they've got they've got a couple of their podcasts out, but that. That one is a very, very funny... If you're a science fiction fan, all the tropes are there. Yeah. Uh, See, I would love to get into producing some of these kinds of shows. Oh, it'd be great. But, you know... They're time. Time and money. And, and that's really the... the well, the, money buys you time. Money can buy you time. If you have the money, you get the resources, which <laughs> can help you right, manage yeah, yeah. your time so <coughs> we just have to have money 
Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we'll put out we'll put out more of these. There's a lot of other stuff I listen to. Some of it is really bizarre. Some yeah. of it is very. There's a show called Mabel, which is intentionally surreal, and it you're either gonna like it or you're gonna be like, okay, I don't even know what's happening here, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there, and some of the joy is just exploring and figuring out things that you know. Um, oh, what is this new thing? Do I enjoy this new thing? No, I do not. Yes, I do. And and then of course you binge watch, you binge listen the entire thing. Yeah, or you hate watch it, hate listen. Oh, like you know what? There's there's one there's a there's a podcast. It's I'm not it's not on here uh, because it's not on the list. There's uh, and it's called Spines, and the first season I really enjoyed, and I did not like the second season at all. Yeah, and it was like. What changed? You know why? It's like, and I listened to the end of the second season, going, "No, no, I'm done. It's, it's. There's nothing wrong with this show. I just don't care." <laughs> well, and that's the challenge: is is coming up with something that is interesting and entertaining and engages the audience right. and does so in a way that has them wanting to come back. And I think that honestly the one of the best things you can do as a creator and as an as a as a fan and as the audience is when you have given your audience enough time and space to build into we know what this show is and we know what it's about, you have a certain amount of freedom to step outside that. Yeah. And some of your audience is going to follow you along willingly, and some are going to say, but this is not what I signed up for. And a show like the Magnus Archive, the last two seasons have been very different than the first three seasons. And that was part of the plan. And they've, and they've been warning people about that since the end of season one. Mm -hmm. Okay, you guys. <laughs> it's gonna change. It's gonna change. Yeah. And some folks got to season five and went, Okay, this isn't what I enjoy about the show, and they're like, "Well, we told you this was going to happen." And it's like, "Yeah, I know, but okay, well, that's fine. Well, we hope you'll keep listening because it's too late now. <laughs> we're not going to. We can't change the show. It's, it's this is where we're going, right?" Yeah. But the audience, you know, if you build up that faith with the audience, if you build up that trust of what the the level that you're going to give them, a lot of times they'll follow along even if you change stuff. So Yeah. Well, and hopefully you have uh, managed to follow along with our discussion tonight. I know we've gone a little bit long. But Shocking. We do appreciate everybody staying with us. And if you are listening to this as a podcast on the various different podcast players, we're on a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I have I have gone through. We're on Apple Music and, and uh, uh, or, or not, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, iTunes. I mean, there's, there's, Are we on well, Google Play? Um, I don't know if we're on Google Play or not. I don't think. I downloaded maybe? my first audiobook from Google Play because yeah. it was a UK publication, and I got available on okay. Audible. Well, and I did uh, one one quick programming note. I did learn a thing last week Just um, because uh, we had started t telling people about the new show Foreign Bodies mm -hmm. and Leslie had posted about it that's uh, uh, for those of you who don't know Tim and Leslie are doing a new show about horror from outside the United States we call it Foreign Bodies we just dropped the third episode this past Saturday and somebody asked if there was an RSS feed 
right. for our shows. I'm like, uh, can you even do an RSS feed for a YouTube channel? I, so I looked into it, and you can. You know? So, uh, so now there is a way that you can set up an RSS feed to pull in our YouTube channel. So uh, it's it's a fairly easy thing to do. You take, um, hello Benjamin, it's good to see you. Um, it is uh, you basically take the channel URL mm-hmm. as it appears whenever you go in. You go to the channel now. Usually for us, you go to sci-fi for me TV, and then it's got it redirects to youtube.com slash sci-fi for right. this is the long user ID thing you paste that into your RSS feed reader mm. of choice and there you go all done you all right. s- it'll it'll start popping up and anytime we go live or upload or we schedule like I found this out today when you schedule the show it pops into the RSS feeder so even if the show's not there yet, it pops up the RSS feed huh. when you schedule it. Interesting. So it's, yeah, that that I'm not quite thrilled with. But yeah. in, anyway, yeah. we do that. So any all all that to say is, if you want to do an RSS feed for our shows, you can. You do have that option. Um, this week we've got. Are we doing a tartar sauce this week? I think we may be. Maybe? Okay, maybe a tartar sauce. we got Live from the Bunker Monday through Thursday at noon central. We'll probably run tartar sauce Friday at noon central. We're going to try that time frame for a while. And then Saturday, uh, Good Morning Multiverse is back at its original time. It's going to be an hour later, so 10 a.m. central instead of 9. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hyping that all week and let everybody know. But anyway, all right, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for watching, for being here. If you've got feedback or if you have podcasts that you'd like to recommend, yes, please leave us a comment. Send us an email h2o at at uh, sci-fi for me com, and we will add those to the list. And I'll probably be listening to them if you send them in. I'll get, I'll try them out by all means. I. And feed my feed my audio my audio addiction. And this is a novelty. We already have a topic for next week. I know. Shocking! Clearly, I know. Clearly, it's a trap. Yes, yes, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually have time to prepare. <laughs> what, what a Funny strange, thing that what a strange concept. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Huh? What? How do we do that? What? Prepare. Prepare? (laughs) I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.